Hello and welcome to the BTF podcast. That's the Back to Football podcast, the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. We're broadcasting live on Twitch right now. It's Monday, the 25th of January 2021, uh, and it's uh, just past 8 p.m. And I'm joined by three wonderful co hosts for the show today. Uh, I'll introduce them. Let's see if I can do this in alphabetical order. Uh, technically, we would have. Jonardino, I don't know your sec. I don't know your surname actually, so I'll introduce you first because <laughs> we've got two Johns. Got that right. <laughs> it's actually funny because Jonathan is John Jonathan M, and I'm also John M. Right. So yeah, I'm just I'm just about first. Just about first, yeah. So h- how are you doing? You all good? Um, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How you doing? Yeah, man. I'm I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Feeling uh feeling well touch wood like a lot better now i had a i had a like i think last week when i did the show i still had like quite a bad cough um and that seems to have gone away now so uh yeah i'm feeling feeling good um john miller good. you all good you okay yeah i'm all good man all good can't complain well i can complain but we'll come on to that a bit later but no i'm all good man i'm all good yeah uh, neil neil how are you doing man yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, thanks for having me back. Um, a little bit tired. Um, stayed up a bit watching the NFL last night. Oh, did you? Not, well, I, it sounds like I stayed up for the like the late one, but it was. It was just oh right, not, you watched the Bucks game. Yeah, but eleven eleven thirty is quite late for me to be honest. So. Yeah, I, I watched the uh, I watched the the fourth um, of that in in bed. Um, did it go? Did did you think that that they would pull through and get to a home home Super Bowl, or were you sort of with everyone else? Everyone I know that is a big NFL fan was like, "Nah, Packers have got this. Packers will win it easy. Like Packers are such a great team." And I was like, "Well, going off of like not being a proper like armchair yeah. British fan, not even like an armchair American fan, I was like, well, it's Tom Brady. Surely, like he's gonna win it. Um, and and lo and behold, he did. But yeah, I think like." My heart was, my heart was sort of wanting Packers to win it, and then my head was sort of saying that the Bucks would probably win it. Um, but I, I'm I'm quite fair weather in terms of NFL. I've only probably got into it the last couple of years, but um, from what I was hearing, and they've been on a bit of an unreal run recently. So um, yeah, yeah, he was he was really good actually. Um, and you came in at quite a good time, actually. Would you say you joined in the fourth quarter or something? Yeah, I, I, I saw a bit of the like the first half, and then yeah, I joined in for the for most of the fourth. So um, yeah, it was pretty good. They surely stand a good chance. I know Patrick Mahomes and the the Chiefs are you know pretty pretty good, and Mahomes is probably the best quarterback. But a home Super Bowl with someone that's what? How many people has he got? Five Super Bowls, six Super Bowls already. Brady, it's his tenth. Super Bowl, I know that much. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't know the stats, but yeah, I think it it would probably be more. It's probably more of a game, I think, than Packers. But mm. um, yeah, I can't really see too much further than than Chiefs and, and Mahomes if he's if he's fit. More. Uh, Sorry, I just googled how old he is. Forty-three. It's mad, That's, isn't it? Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine someone like pulling strings in the in the Premier League at forty-three? Because like we go on about Petr Cech being ancient, I think Cech's only like, what's Czech, what's Petr Cech? Is he forty? He's forty-one, yeah, so no. yeah, forty-one or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what that's where that's at. Um, another bit of sport that happened before the weekend, I guess. Before we go back to football, was the um, UFC. I don't even know what number they're on, um, but uh, Conor McGregor obviously lost. Um, did anyone see the fight? I I didn't just because of the the timings of it. It was it was sort of geared for a US audience. It was like five AM here, um, but yeah, expected loss. I don't I don't know how much you three follow UFC. I, I mean I I just I'm not even fair weather, but um, um but my take on it is, what is he doing? Like, is there a chance that he's going to ruin? His legacy. I know he's mm. got his whiskey. He's got lots of um, other businesses. Are those businesses? I mean, will it, it might not even affect it at all because he's such a, such a superstar. I mean, the eyes are on UFC mainly because of him. That I'm sure most UFC fans would would admit that, even though you know they may may or may not like him. But it's like he's got nothing to prove. There's no way. I don't know too much about it, but I just think 
what I do know about is Father Time. And we just mentioned about Tom Brady. He seems to be the only one that seems to be defying yeah. the, the laws of time. But in most sports, like, you, you just can't keep up with the young bucks. Um, and, yeah, any young, hungry, not a billionaire young buck is going to kick us off. That's how I see it, because they don't have the money. They're on the come up. You know, is he training like he was training five, ten years ago? Probably not. You know, I just think, is he ruining his legacy here by just, you know. He looked old as well. He looked really old. Yeah, that's the one thing I did here. <laughs> actually looked old. Like, I did watch a, a sort of YouTube podcast where they said that's the first time they, they said he actually looked, looked old um sort of thing but yeah i'm just i'm just i'm just thinking it's a bit like a bit like, a bit like mayweather so like, what's the point like, i guess mayweather's mm. a bit different he can select it he can you can cheat it a little bit and pick certain opponents and you know fight people like conor mcgregor or, or someone like that you know logan paul or jake mm. paul where he, you know he's going to be it's damage limitation i mean he's not going to get any damage and he's just going to get all the payoff but ufc is different man you get your ass kicked yeah. by some 22 hungry lions yeah. Um, I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It doesn't need the money, so I don't know. Maybe he just loves fighting. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of a bit of both because I think even if you've got, I don't know what he's. Let's say he's got twenty million in the bank. There's a, you know, you're gonna want if you if you had twenty million, you'd want forty million. If you had forty million, you'd want two hundred million. Um, so I think like there's always like an addiction to to money there i think and like as long as those offers are on the table how can you justify turning down the opportunity to make 10 million pounds or whatever 10 million dollars i just think as long as those offers are on the table like it's always going to interest certain people and there there are people with maybe slightly more kind of integrity towards their own reputation and their legacy that maybe will turn those offers down Ooh. Um, but I don't know, like it's a bit of a snap judgment, but I would see Mayweather as Mayweather and McGregor both as people that kind of lean more towards the, like, if the money's there, I will, I will please have that money. And that's yeah. what makes me think that in 20, I don't know, early 2022, maybe late 2021, we probably will see a Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor. Cause it seems like that might now be his level you know, if he if he's done in the in the octagon, um, maybe a, a boxing match for, let's say he would make maybe ten, fifteen. I mean, I know Jake Paul threw out fifty million number there, probably looking more realistically at a ten million, fifteen million payout for a one off swan song sort of thing. But um, yeah, I definitely think. I mean, that that sport is brutal. I've watched the last couple, and it's just like couldn't. Uh, I mean, the, the money they, you know, it's one sport where you're like, actually, the money they're getting paid, because they're, they're literally probably getting paid a million right. per life, uh, per yeah. year of their life that they're having taken off in every fight. Like, yeah. you're talking about getting, like, need in the head. That's, that's Ooh. like, you know, we talk about head in, the fo- head in the football, banning that. Like, literally, a grown man who's, like, 220 pounds of muscle kneeing you in the forehead. It's gonna. It's not gonna yeah, do your brain any good, is it? Dangerous. You said about opportunities. Sorry to cut. Yeah, yeah, go. About opportunities. Um, I heard from a good source <laughs> um, that um, <laughs> that um, if he'd won this fight, he would have fought Pacquiao. And obviously, at that t- when I heard that, obviously there wasn't it wasn't like Sky Sports or anything. But it's funny. Last night or this morning, sorry, the news came out that Pacquiao was fighting uh, Ryan Garcia. Mm. Um, so that came out after. So after the McGregor loss, so I don't know, make of that what you will, but I was hearing murmurings like about a week ago that if McGregor won that fight, then the next fight was meant to line up a, a, a sort of another crossover with Pacquiao, um, which obviously that didn't happen. So yeah, it's the opportunity, isn't it? He, he takes his fight, maybe he hopes he wins, and then he gets the big bucks fighting um, Manny Pacquiao, but obviously it wasn't to be. Yeah. Um, let's go back to football um, and the the big topic um, of the day and, and the main reason that John Aldinho is here to, to fight uh, a corner um, today. We've had uh, the news that is, is fully confirmed, isn't it? Chelsea did release a statement um, uh, this afternoon that they've parted ways um, with Frank Lampard. 
after I mean, yeah, there's been a, a slump in results. Um, I think they only sit like three, maybe three, four points above Arsenal at the moment. Is that right? Or is it less? Yeah, I think we're only four or five points from top four, which which doesn't seem, which is really nothing, but... <laughs> yeah, <watching>. so... <laughs> you're what, what, what do you the, see, Dan? Just, to, to prefix this, you're fourth in the league with 66 points. Oh, sorry, no, that's like, that is no, last No, no, no. I was going to say, if you've got 66 points... <laughs> Why would Google do me like that? <laughs> Live Prem table. Let's bring it up. That's last year. I was going to say Liverpool have not got 99 points right now. Um, no, you're sitting down in, in ninth place, 29 points. But yeah. like you say, you're only five points behind Liverpool, um, who are in fourth place with 34 points. And Arsenal sit two points behind Chelsea on 27 points. Now... Um, yeah, is is that a harsh position to be to be getting sacked from? I I'll just go on record saying that I a couple of weeks ago or last week on the pod, I think I said I think it's quite unfair how Frank is treated as a manager. I, I think he he does get a harsh run in the press, but I think the general consensus on this podcast is the opposite, and that he's he's deserving of of the the kind of um, judgment. But yeah, John Aldino, if you you go on on what you think, it's difficult. Emotionally, I it's really hard for me to take this as a as a Chelsea fan because you know there was all this talk about uh, a three-year plan, some sort of legacy where we'll have someone like Frank, who is a one of our best ever players, um, who has you know who's had his hand forced to use our youth. And he did well in our first season, you know, in his first season, he lost, he lost our best player. And then with his tools, he was able to get us to four, um, which, you know, which is amazing for, you know, that the league last season or what he had. Um, but if you look at our history, our Roman Abramovich history, it's not really surprising. Um, Di Matteo got sacked five months after winning the Champions League. You know, um, he sacked his his one of his best mates, Avram Grant, after getting us to a Champions League final. So you know, it's it just proves that it's all about business, and we were never planning to to go forward in a way that you know you see maybe Arsenal or United going right now. And it's just, it's just sad, man. Um, I, obviously, I understand it based on our history, but I just, I don't see how the club is going forward in in this new direction. I just see, you know, it's just going to be like chop and change every couple seasons, and it just proves that that is what Bramovich wants. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. the Sir Alex Ferguson type um, manager that he's looking for. He just wants to win. Yeah, and I mean, in the past, he has had, you know, they've had sustained success with that model of, yeah. you know, get them out and get someone else in and someone else will win the title in their first or second season, generally first season. Um, but yeah, Neil, what's your thoughts? I don't really know about Lampard. I think um, from the championship, when he was like, he's, he's obviously... He's in a bit of a strange position and he did okay at Derby um, in his first season. I think they were sixth. He came in, he got them to sixth again, got them to the playoff final. So he's a bit, but it's, I think I heard an interview with Gerard the other day and he said something similar where he said his next job, there's there's no there's no denying that he deserve, he doesn't deserve to be the next Liverpool manager and he probably wouldn't take that. But if they offered it to him, he said it would be so hard to turn down. So mm. Lampard was just in sort of the right place at the wrong time or right time. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think, I, I don't really know what his style is. I, like, I think John Aldinho summed mm. it up last week or the other week. And um, tactically, sort of all over the place, he's, he's trying to play a way that just doesn't really suit the players. Like Werner is obviously struggling, but the transitions are so slow and like 
everything with Werner is it needs to be quick and like you need to you need to just move the ball quickly and get it up um fairly quickly not not necessarily direct but it just needs to be moved a little bit quicker and getting it up to him quicker balls behind they're just so slow like I've not seen loads of Chelsea but it just seems quite slow and a bit ponderous and yeah I don't know but yeah I but again I'm not a big fan of just chopping and changing like I feel like you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was in this position a couple of months ago um in November or something, they were in 15th or something. So it can change around fairly quickly. It just, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those where you can't really see him getting them out of it. So, yeah, it's an, it, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. Like you say, it's, uh, it's got to be one of the, you know, smallest, um, deficits of points from a club to the, a top club to the top of the table that a manager has been sacked on because I mean it's it's eleven points um, between them and Man United, but like I say, it's only five points between them and fourth. Um, it's probably you know it's I think it's a, a a statement of intent probably from the Chelsea board and, and Abramovich, and I don't know whether he's the only person making decisions at the top there. I'm sure he's got a, a kind of a suite of advisors that are um, making these decisions as well. Um, but certainly, yeah, Chelsea clearly have aspirations to be winning the title, and and it might be something where they're seeing um, the this stumbling that that Liverpool are having at the moment, and thinking actually, look, maybe if Liverpool were on fifty points already and had won the league by now, we'd stick with Frank for another season. But actually there's a bit of blood in the water with the Premier League at the moment and it's like, you know, whichever shark strikes first can actually, you know, pull away and, and win this thing. So, um, John Miller, would you have sacked him or not? Um, in like, you, you took the words out of my mouth. In a normal season where, you know, we don't have um, everybody sort of slipping up like this and, yeah, Liverpool or City are a good 20 points ahead by now, then no, I wouldn't have because... You could have put it down to COVID and, and things are changing all the time. But I think I think it's the fact that it, it's the money spent after the transfer ban. He's probably looked at that and thought, you know, maybe a manager, I like Frank, maybe we got him in a bit too early, maybe a manager with more experience could get more out of these players. Um, yeah, maybe you know, you've got like Werner, Havertz, um, you know, Pulisic, there's a lot of good players there and they shouldn't be where they are with that team. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I was, you know, I gave them like 100% top four, maybe a chance of winning it, you know, if they could get a good good run together and they, it doesn't, it's also the way they're playing as well, the way they're playing. They're not playing very, very well um, uh, and like like the boys have just said, what is their style? It's not like they're, you know, like Liverpool, you could see with, with, with Klopp, you could blatantly see it was the players got storage, like hitting over when he should be scoring. You've got, you know, Moreno, like tracking forward and not getting back. You could clearly see, okay, this guy's trying to play like high press and he just doesn't have the players. With Lampard, it just doesn't look that way. It just looks like you've got good players, but you're just, what is your style? Maybe it's just too early. Yeah. So, and also, like you just said, I mean, you guys just hit nail on the head. I think it's a combination of it all. They probably sat down and thought, maybe it was too early. We spent a lot of money and people are slipping up and if there's, if there's ever a season where a Leicester season this is it so you know let's get someone in see if we can you know do that what they call it um, new manager bounce yeah, get that yeah. Manager bounce nice. yeah see if we can get on a, a, a winning run of eight six to eight games yep. and see where we are and I think that's that's all it is you know I'm, I'm pretty sure we've got a good payoff for it and he's, he's probably they respect him and he's, a, and he's a good guy and I'm sure if he goes to Scotland or somewhere else back to the championship and comes back and, and is ready in five years and and he's still there Roman I'm sure he'll have him back yeah but I think it's probably too early it's probably just a little bit too early the same for Arteta I just think it's too early yeah I mean you, you mentioned there what you know what's next and, and where does he go um does he for starters does he stay in management I'm sure you know he is he is a footballing guy and I think he clearly wants to be in the game still um, I'm sure there'll be a, n a number of television opportunities available to him as well with his 
his uh his peerage and 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 his connections um there but yeah he's he's six to one i think his odds have been slashed um from 66 to one to six to one today um to take over at celtic um do you think part of this is just sort of a script in a bit of a narrative there with the Ger- gerard lampard thing surely that's not going to happen why not celtic are in trouble wait, <laughs> wait a minute i thought isn't there wasn't there talk to yeah. benitez going there benitez is the odds on favorite yeah to take yeah. over at celtic but i mean um, i was there lampard's <laughs> be a little bit less i think but yeah i don't know about that i think there could be a little bit of that going on a bit of um yeah newspaper stuff but I, I I I would like him to stay in management. Like I don't want him to just turn into the next Gary Neville. Um, yeah. I, I think I think that, and I also think he's slightly different. I think he's done it, you know, done it at Derby. You know, mm. a couple of seasons was he there, and then obviously moved on to Chelsea. So he's he's clearly, um, he's clearly like say got the footballing bug, and I, I'd like to see him doing it. I just think yeah, he might need to go back down to the Championship or. You know, if the Celtic job's available, if I was him, I'd take it 100% because I think it's there's yeah. only two teams in Scotland, isn't there? So, you know, that's a bit of an easier job. Yeah. It's yeah. weird, though. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Oh, it's, it's like Lampard, as, his managerial career is so weird because it's like when he was at Derby, he, he was at this, he kept the team at the same level that they were the season before. Yesterday, yesterday, sorry, last season, he overperformed or maybe he, he overperformed in a really bad league when like, teams weren't performing. And in this season where teams are all over the place, maybe this is just his level. I, I don't know. It's, 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 so, it's so weird. It's so weird. And like the stress. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish the best. I wish the best for him for, for sure. But, yeah, man. I don't know, man. I don't know what's gonna go. What's gonna happen to him? I think the, trans- the transfers have killed him a little bit because mm. last, yeah. last season, obviously, he had a bit of a pass with the transfer ban, and yeah. this year, it's you know, he's got some big, big names in, some big players, and they haven't worked out as yet. Some of them did for a bit. Um, <laughs> hold on a second sorry no nah, no worries no worries it feel, do you know what it, feel, it feels a bit like um he has taken out like a, a a payday loan with these signings and he's failed to meet the repayments um on the you know this this vast amount of money that he's he's basically loaned from abramovich and with that was the requirement that you will get this many points you will challenge for the title you will do this and and he's simply not made these repayments and he's defaulted on this on this loan that he's been given basically and that's that's he's out of it he's bankrupt he's uh he's he's done um but yeah you're still on mute awesome. you? you good uh, yeah he's <laughs> just trying to fill the time there with uh, an, an analogy <laughs> until it was safe to, safe to re-enter the conversation um Thank but, you. but yeah, I mean, it's a yeah, it's not a it's not a huge shock. I think is probably the the over, you know, the overriding thing today is that this is Chelsea. This is what Chelsea do. Um, so let's talk about the man that that is expected to come in um, and replace him as soon as this week. I, I hear, um, although he does have yeah. um, he does. I, I've, I've heard that he's not exempt from the COVID yeah. thing. So it might be a couple of weeks um, before we actually see him on the touchline. Um, but no. yeah, talk- how long? Two days. Oh, is that it? He's got quarantine for two days. Oh, he's got to have the so, test. So yeah, so basically there's this thing where if we, should you're name, from, we should name him actually, just in case Tom- anyone doesn't know who it is. Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel, yeah. <laughs> so there's this thing that, I don't know if it's the government who have done it, where um, if you're in elite, elite. sports, you get if you've had a negative test, you only have to quarantine for like two days, mm-hmm. forty-eight okay. hours. So there's rumours that he could be on the bench okay. when we play Wolves on Wednesday, which is yeah interesting. But yeah, where is he now? Is he back in Germany or is he in Paris still? Back in Germany. Yeah, yeah. in Germany. Okay. I think, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, what's? Uh, does anyone? I mean, we know he was Mainz. He's more or less he, he trailed Klopp, didn't he, from Mainz to to Dortmund? He sort of took over both of those jobs, and then obviously got yeah. the big break at, at PSG, and and there was a falling out or burnout of the squad. I don't I don't really know how that all fell apart, but um, would any of you say you you know a particular amount about Tuchel and his and his playing style and his management style particularly? He he seems like he's um like proper German. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it. Like elaborate. He, you know, he's very you know he's he's a football man. Like he, he loves his football. He um he's he's got very hard work ethic, which is which is great. And um, he. You can see when he's been, when he was at Mines, he actually inherited a squad that wasn't what the style of football that he wanted to play, and I think he he overperformed, and they came like ninth in his first season, mm-hmm. not only season. I don't know how long he was there for, but then um, when he went over to uh, Dortmund, he kind of he kind of did his own thing. With the players that Klopp had, which was, which is incredible, because I think when Klopp was there, they were burning out, and he revitalised the team. He got players like um, Pulisic, which is which is going to be fun. And to, yeah, to I didn't be, think about actually. He's worked with him before, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think he got, I think he got rid of um, Hummels when he was at Dortmund, um, and a few other players and. He managed to. I think they won the cup, and were you know, there are thereabouts for the league. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it was, you know, it's obvious that they'll lose to Bayern. But um, and when he went to when he went to France, um, the main emphasis was working was trying to get the Champions League. And last season they went to the final. And it's it's nice to know that he can work with younger players and they like him. Like, yeah. Um, I want to say Mbappe has good things to say about Tuchel, which is good. Um, I don't know how Thiago Silva will fare under him again because he did say a few things when when he joined Chelsea. I think he said, you know, we can see the writing was on the wall when he left PSG. Yeah, which which is going to be an well, interesting. Was he sort of slightly sh- shuffled out the door by Tuchel? Anyway, I'm, I'm I'm guessing. I know it was an end of contract thing, but surely the manager at the time, you know, is if they want you to stay, they'll sort of persuade you or they'll offer you a a, a, a contract extension. Surely Tuchel had felt that Thiago Silva's time was up in in elite European football. So um, that would be that'll be an interesting um, reunion. Reunion, yeah, when those two come back together. I mean, obviously, the, the advantage there is that he's worked with Thiago Silva before, so he he will have knowledge of what he can do, and Thiago Silva will have knowledge of the system that Tuchel wants to play and implement, and I guess, you know, it will be helpful in that way. Um, I've seen a lot of, I mean, a lot of the headlines today are sort of saying that describing Tuchel as a, as a um, power you know, power mad and um, very kind of, I think someone used the word stiff in the uh, in the group chat earlier, but um, he's not maybe the sort of um, affable, charismatic German that we see in Anfield. Um, he might be sort of a slight, slightly more of a, a villainous figure down there in uh, at Fulham Broadway. So, um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I think it's another brilliant manager joining the Premier League. Um, with Chelsea, we don't know it could go, you know, it could go Mourinho first season, Conte first season, or it could go Andre Villas Boas. Um, and what other, name me one other manager that's failed at Chelsea, John Aldinho, because there's quite a few, isn't there? Um, who else has failed at Chelsea? I mean, Big Phil. Yeah, Big Phil Scolari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Big Phil. That's, that's probably, uh, yeah. The, the ones that really failed have seemed to have slipped out of memory. But yeah, F- Big Phil Scolari was uh, a big failure. Um, 
But yeah, Ancelotti got a bit of a rough deal. I wouldn't say he failed. No, nah, didn't he win the FA Cup? Won the league and the cup. Yeah, he won the league, league, yeah. Um, yeah. And he probably he probably played probably. our best football under him. Yeah. I think he's still got the boot though, didn't he, at some point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he got a couple of days after winning the FA Cup, I think. Yeah, fair. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll leave that there with uh with the Frank Lampard thing. We'll see how that develops um over the next week or so. I mean, yeah, Chelsea are you know, albeit they're in a good position, really, with a new manager coming in. If they do get that kick, like John says, if they go on to win six, seven games or whatever on the bounce, um, they'll be right back up there with Man United and City um, and Liverpool. Um, speaking of Liverpool, um, over the last week and a half or ten days, we've had two brilliant Man United-Liverpool games. Um, first one, one wasn't great, what, was it? Well, the first one, was it was interesting. It was what? a tactical... Uh, <laughs> Chess uh, played out between the two managers. In between that time, um, Klopp managed to have a, a a bit of a scuff with um, Sean Dyche as well um, in the Burnley game. And then, yeah, we were treated to a, a 3-2 uh, game on the BBC yesterday, which makes it all that a little bit sweeter. Um, there's nothing better, I think, than hearing that um, match of the day um, theme tune play out at, at the start of you know when you know you're going to watch 90 minutes of brilliant football um, that that theme tune is a treat um, but yeah Liverpool is is all kind of seems a little bit worse than maybe it is at the moment I think they're, they're, they showed some signs of um, you know what they're capable of yesterday Salah's both Salah's goals were, were very good goals um, United kind of hit them more or less on, on the counter um twice and then and then you know a bit of gamesmanship maybe experience from Cavani to win a free kick at the end and and that you know man with ice in his veins Bruno Fernandes steps up and puts it in the uh in the right corner to uh Allison's left but um yeah what what's your thoughts on on where Liverpool kind of sit at the moment they they're not having a good start to um 2021 none of the Liverpool representatives on the show today obviously so say what you want <laughs> um, I'll come to you Neil what are you thinking with Liverpool at the moment yeah I think you, you're not too far away saying it's it's probably um, blown a little bit out of proportion but I think just things like injuries are catching up on them um, I don't think it gets said enough that you know like Van Dijk is a, ma- mm. a massive massive miss and yeah. um you know, he's he's probably one of the best defenders centre halves in the world. And um they sort of rode the they sort of rode that storm a little bit at the start and I think that's why it's sort of been brushed under the carpet a little bit. But they've had some big, big players out. I don't know why he hasn't gone and got another centre half in the window yet. Maybe he's waiting, I don't know. Um but yeah, they just seem to keep going and then last couple of games I think Henderson's been out and I think that's shown how much they miss him. Um, Jota as well. I think like Jota's, he came in and he he shook up the front line a little bit. There was a lot of talk before he got injured about how well he was doing and how he might break in. Firmino might pop out. Um, And now it's, you know, there's, there's not, I think like those fringe players that aren't Jota are basically not good enough. Um, Shakiri's probably shouldn't be anywhere near it. Arigi's probably not good enough. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, they're struggling with the old injuries, especially. And I think their their pressing style's probably caught up with them. Like, mm-hmm. with the sh- with a short, like, summer break, I think they're just probably quite knackered now, to be fair. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's probably most of it. They're not too far away, though. I think, like, you know, United were... A, United were fifteenth or something at the in November or something, so it can change around pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with um, with, with, with everything uh, Neil just said. I mean, we spoke about it on this show a while ago when we did have the Liverpool boys in, and we spoke about who was going to win. And I think the consensus was if if uh, if Liverpool could get through uh, a period without like Van Dijk and and I think it was Trent. I think it might have been who was injured around that time. Then they would probably win it. But unfortunately, it wasn't just those two. <laughs> They've had more and more injuries on top of it. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure if they 
if they didn't, some of those draw, some of those um, uh, draws and losses, you know, especially like Southampton one, where it's just one nil, and that you would have probably thought that they would have probably got a bit more out of the game. But I think it was bang on. You know, it's in cycles, isn't it? You know, and that team. I'm not saying. I mean, I've heard some Liverpool fans talking about get rid of Salah and whatever. But no, I mean, class is permanent, and they've got some class players. Mane's world class, but I think they're knackered. No winter break. Um, no, sorry, summer break, so a short turnaround. Yeah, they play a high-octane football. It's just not sustainable. Um, it's just not sustainable. And, yeah, if, if they're just a little bit off the pace, you can see how how easy it is for a game to not go their way if they're a bit off the pace. So I think that's all it is. And I just don't think they've got the, yeah, like you said, they ain't got the squad depth. Um, mm-hmm. or, or the people... What, they did, and but he got injured. And I, I, I think if Jota was still there, they, they wouldn't be in this predicament now. He was going to carry them through, um, I think. But yeah, they, it, they, it needs freshen up. You see it with all the great teams, you know. You know, in my lifetime, probably the best sort of front three is Ronaldo, Tevez, and um, Rooney. Rooney. And even you know Alex Ferguson freshened that up. You know, Tevez dropped out. Different people come in. You know, and that, and that's what I think. That's about that time with with Liverpool but and he's tried to do that with Jota but he's just unfortunately injured yeah I mean it, yeah so injuries to uh, Joe Gomez and, and Joel Matip as well um, and it has left them light on the feet and, and I think it's much harder for because I think for me the games the Liverpool games that I've seen um, Trent and, and Robertson aren't as effective um, and I think a lot of that goes down to having the security in the middle of the park there or at the back, you know, having two great centre-backs that can run and that can cover all the way out, you know, from one side of the pitch to the other, um, that doesn't really give them as much licence to to go forward. And I think it wasn't the game yesterday, but it would have been, the I think, the the midweek game that they lost at Anfield to, to Burnley. Um, Klopp said it's, you know, a lot of it is just, decision make like it's simply coming down to decision making and that's um that's all the differences at the moment and it's not necessarily that these decisions are things that are kind of fluid throughout the team it's not one player going i'm going to pass the ball there it's it's that player passing it's the guy on the other end preempting that it's it's players moving into space and i think probably a lot a bit of that decision making and that, that mental side of the game is fatigue as well you could definitely put it down to that um it's probably you know decision making is probably another kind of way of saying confidence as well um but that like i say that they're, they're still the same squad of great players and i'm sure you know i think the one thing that they can they probably can take you know if, if, if they don't win the premier league this year next season it's not like they're gonna you know they're not tumbling out of um, uh, sort of relevance, it's just that they're seeing out a season where they've they've not got a hundred percent squad. As soon as they got Van Dijk back, as soon as they got a fit um, Gomez and Matip, and probably buy in another centre back and and maybe bolster the front line with another guy, you know, replace Origi with with someone that you know can actually score when he plays, and you know that they're, they're going to be a big threat. Um, so I think it's just probably a a good season for them to just sit back now and and just try and kind of get into the Champions League. I mean, Klopp's already been saying that's his goal now is qualify for the Champions League. Probably a little bit of um bit of mental chess going on, but um, I don't think it's a million miles off um, being sort of the achievable target at the moment. Um, John Ardino, do you think uh, do you think United have got what it takes to to stay at the top of the Premier League, or are City the favourites? Who are you seeing as the favourites to win the league at the moment? Um, I still think it's City, based on what you know what we spoke about last week. Um, they have they still got two games in hand, or is it just the one? Uh, I can get my relevant Premier League table up. I think they got one game in hand. They're two points behind, something like that. Yeah, and I think yep. with with City, they've had the capability to rest players with the cups, which has certainly certainly helped them. Um, I think it's theirs to lose um, if they can. It's weird because they're scoring, 
and Aguero is not not playing. Um, KDB's KDB's out now. He's out for six weeks. So, yeah, mm. four, to, four to six weeks, right? So it's, it's interesting. Um, but they have quality all over the. They have a better squad than than everybody except for Chelsea, but they are they're closer to the top, unfortunately. But yeah, I think I think City will will win the league for sure. And I, I think uh, to touch back on Liverpool, I think it's like third season burnout. I mean, all the injuries that they didn't have in the first and second season, they're getting it now. Mm-hmm. And with on top of like COVID, it's just all, it's all amounting. So yeah, if if, um, if Man City, I think Man City can win the league, and I don't think I don't think United have enough to sustain um, staying at the top. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. City, I've changed my tune. <laughs> you asked me four or five <laughs> weeks ago, I <laughs> Liverpool. If um, I think before Christmas, I said Liverpool. But yeah, I think it's changed so much in this season. I mean, in a couple of weeks' time, you might be saying Leicester. But um, I think Leicester's, I think, will be there for the whole time. I don't think, I can't see them dropping um, because they're playing really well without Vardy. Like, yeah. he doesn't play all the time. You know, against Arsenal, he came on for the last 20 minutes, got the winner. You know, they're managing him as he's getting older. I, and they're still, you know, they've got such quality, you know. Mm. They've got good run, runners off the ball. Tillemans is just playing those passes through and, and they've got like pace off the ball that's just catching teams out. Um, so I think they, I, I think they're going to stay there. Uh, I, I think they will challenge. But yeah, I think City. I mean, Mares. He hasn't. I mean, I was looking at his stats the other, the other day. He he hasn't really been playing. Mm. Um, so you know, he's probably he's not fresh, but he's probably a lot fresher than you know some a lot of players in other squads. You know, I don't know what he's going to do to cover for um, uh, De Bruyne being out. Um, you know, Gundogan probably drops in there. You know, but. You get Mares probably playing a lot more now, and he's whenever he plays, he's dangerous and he scores goals. And he hasn't even been playing um, really, so yeah, um, yeah, I can't see them. I can't see anyone else beating them. Their squad's just yeah. Know. I feel like um, Ruben Diaz as well is one one of those players that come come the end of the season, and you've got all the match of the day extra and MOTDX and. Talk Sport and Sky Sports, and you know Neville and Carragher sitting down doing their team of the season. Um, I do think Ruben, Ruben Diaz will will end up being one of the, the centre backs in there that they go. Actually, this guy came in and, and settled a, a defence down, and you know maybe he's not the you know Rolls Royce of Rio Ferdinand or or um, Virgil Van Dijk, but actually you know City's defending has improved tenfold this season. Um, and if you look at all the the actual stats for like aerial duels one and interceptions and stuff, I, I think Ruben Diaz is is a big part of that for City. Um, but yeah, their their squad is is insane. You know, to think that they can rotate people like Phil Foden and and Riyad Mahrez and Ferran this Fer, Ferran Torres even's come in and he scores goals when he plays. You know, they don't have the same problems that say Liverpool have where Divock Origi hit the bar didn't he against Burnley like you know that's a City player they're probably putting it away at the moment just based at where they are mentally um, so yeah I, I, I would say that City are, are the favourites I, I, I can't quite place United where they where they sit at the moment I think there's definitely something you know there is an energy there at the moment with that United team that certainly is capable of, of doing something it still feels very like you know they're not going to go on and win the next game. They're not going to go on and win the next game, and that's where I think you mentioned. You know Leicester will be there for the whole season. Um, we we know with Leicester that they are very consistent. We know Brendan Rodgers, if he gets a team to sort of this stage of the season, he's, he's generally pretty good for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know if you saw the James Madison interview. Um, I can't remember. It was last weekend's game, I think, um, and. I mean, every I think everyone was very impressed with it. It kind of was all over social, but um, he talked about how you know everyone in a Brendan Rodgers team knows their role. Everyone in a Brendan Rodgers team works for their place in that team. That's probably for me like that's the difference between where Man United have been and maybe they're getting to that stage now where actually players are working for their role in the team. But up to this point, you had people that got a free pass 
in a Man United team, which was like Paul Pogba or um, even like Rash- Rashford, you know, names on the team sheet where it was like they didn't really have to work their way into that team. They were the star star men. They were the star players. Um, I think we're seeing that a little bit more now. Um, and I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, you know, he gets praise from everyone, but I'm always quite impressed with Bruno Fernandes when he gives interviews. He's actually, he's very good at that side yeah. of the, the game as well. He says the right things and he, he seems to be, a, a, you know, a team a team player. I mean, no no player kind of goes into a post-match interview and says, yeah, well, you know, thanks for all the praise on me. I was great and stuff. But he generally does say the right things and seems to be very kind of motivated towards the bigger picture. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't write Man United off, um, especially in the position that they're in. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love this Premier League season. I think it's, um, you know, if we had this, this four, five, six horse race every year, it, we would be able to claim that we are the best league sort of categorically. But, um, what about Arsenal? One, one, uh, <laughs> one man in, one man out. Ozil off to Fenerbahce, um, signed, sealed, delivered. And then on the way back in a six million pound, six month loan for, uh, Norwegian uh, wonder kid Martin Odegaard, who uh, has not really settled into Zidane's team, replacing uh, Luka Modric as they thought he might do this season. Um, does he start? Does he start in an Arsenal team? I would start him. Yeah, I'm a risk taker like that. That's this is how I am in terms of my own coaching style. But um, <clears throat> I don't think he will. I think he'll play it safe, um, and um, obviously. We, we don't know. None of us know his exact condition. You know, so I can keep mm-hmm. playing week out. So maybe he's not quite ready to start. But I would start him just because um, the team needs something. They need a bit of a spark. I mean, we do have a bit of a spark at the moment. You've got to take the um, FA Cup game away. I mean, he. I think he lost his head and just took some Wenger pills because um, that was a Wenger move, and that was a Wenger move when we were a top team. Mm. It was seasons when Arsenal went for the FA Cup and. Under Wenger, when it was kind of like, yeah, like Chelsea, they run away, running away with it, or United are too far, and we just went for it, and we won it. And there was times when, when, whenever Arsenal were like, it was like swapping with Chelsea, United, uh, it was all swapping week to week. He just threw away the cups. He just threw them away. He sent out Denilsons and Diabies and and and, and Aliyeres, and then <laughs> just sent them out. Lost the game against <laughs> Wednesday, and then we'd won the league or came second. He. Arteta made that move, but the difference between Arteta and, and, and Wenger is we're nowhere near winning the league, which is why I think it hurts so bad as an mm. that result against Southampton because that's the one trophy that made that gave you some a year's grace to see what you're going to do in terms of, and you just dashed it into bin like and, and played William, Pepe, Eddie, and can't score. And, and <laughs> uh, you know, all in the same thing. Like, it was just, he basically threw it away because they're not all bad players, but they're all out of form. And that was just, that just goes to, that's, that just goes to show his, you know, sipping that Lampard early bird juice. They're too, it's too early. It's, it's, they're tactically um, un, unaware of themselves, too early, poor decisions, picking the wrong squad. Like, I'm sure all of us here, if it's a situation where all of us here and people around the world can see something that's obvious, then something's not clicking in your head because we all can see that Pepe's out of form, William's out of form, Eden Petia is not this guy that broke Alan Shearer's long-standing under-21 record. He's not, he's not showing that in the Premier League. Um, he's doing bits for England under-21 or whatever. He's not showing that in the Premier League. Um, you know, and, and you play all three of them. You know, with no sprinkling of Saka or, or Smith Rowe, just to kind of, mm. you know, they're the, they're the form players, unfortunately. They're the kids. They're the, it should be the other way around, right? Um, but it's that way around. So you should have you should have started at least one of them, um, just to kind of keep it moving. And I was watching the game twenty minutes in, I think, before they scored, and I was like, yeah, we're not we're not winning this. I just saw nothing, no creativity, no spark. So sorry to answer your question, I would start in. Yeah, because you need a spark, and Willian ain't gonna do anything. Uh, we got sold another Chelsea agent. Um, like Agent Czech, Agent Louise, Agent Galias, um, Galas, uh, all just come to Arsenal just for a payday and to mash up the place. And, um, you know, he's not doing anything. Pepe, 
he's lost his head. Um, he's just he's just gone. And um, yeah, Eddie Nketiah. I mean, I don't know what anybody sees. I mean, he make when I see Eddie Nketiah play. My last rap before I pass this on is he makes me feel that I can just build a time machine and just go be a footballer because if, if that's what it takes to be a footballer, John will cut. John will testify. I had that. John, have you ever <laughs> seen me play worse than Eddie Nketiah? You see me finish. You know, in matches and stuff like that. This guy can't score. Like he can't do anything. He doesn't. He's not. A, he doesn't like a footballer. He doesn't do anything. Like he doesn't beat his man. Doesn't take anyone on. Doesn't play little nice one twos. I don't really understand what he does. Like, as a as, as a footballer, he's like a jogger. He's, like just, he's got a jogger in the middle of the pitch that's doing madness. Um. So I I don't really get it. I don't really understand. I'm not buying into Eddie and Ketia. I'm not <laughs> buying a ticket to that raffle. He's got no future. He's just another tube actor. And the quicker we spend them on, you know, and just see the see the Carlton. Thank you. Nice to hear his name. <laughs> <laughs> but where are you, where are you playing Odegaard then? Ten. Um, well, it's hard one. Is I think Smith Rowe's been he's been yeah quiet. exactly. No, I would play Smith Rowe in the ten, and I would um, I'd hey, play Odegaard at, at wide on either side. He looks like. You know, I mean, look, we've had players like that. You know, Freddie Lundberg, and no way am I comparing um, them to them too. But he was somebody that played in that wide area, but he wasn't, he wasn't a winger. Freddie Lundberg mm. wasn't a winger. And he got a lot of goals by just sneaking around the back and, and you know, making a good forward run. And a Burkamp on, on where he would see him. And I think the Smith-Rowe and the Saka would see those runs. And I can see Odegaard, you know, just playing nice little neat one-twos. The Arsenal football. I mean, I was at the Emirates when um, Jack Wilshere scored that, you know, iconic yeah. goal against Norwich, you know, and, and, and yes, we weren't going to win the title then, but we played good football and that was, it was great to watch and entertaining. And that's what I hope that we get from Odegaard. Like, I, I hope that he comes in, you know, he, he sprinkles a little of that Madrid magic on us, entertains, plays those little one-twos and, and we can, you know, just start scoring goals. Mm. I don't mind if we'd have got lost that Southampton game 3-2, but we'd have played some good football, but we are completely boring I only watch them because I've been supporting them for so long, but I don't want to. It's like I'm being forced to go to the cinema to watch a chick flip. That's how I feel when I watch Arsenal. It's just something I don't really want to do, but I feel like I have to because I'm a supporter. They're so boring right now. So I, I just, uh, yeah, Smith-Rowe needs to play. He's, got, he's young. Play him every week. Play him every week. Start him. Take him off once the job's done. Saka, he needs to start this guy. And, 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 and Odegaard. Them three, for me, I dash them all in. And to say, go for it. What else have we got to lose? You boys don't know how good you've got it sometimes. Like, supporting Arsenal and Chelsea. Like, you try, <laughs> try supporting yeah. Reading and Fulham. I know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least then, you know what you're going to get. With, with us, it's like, you know, yeah, if you supported a team like that, it's kind of, you know, you're going to get. And to be fair, Arsenal the last few years, I kind of feel like that. It's kind of like, I love football. So you watch other games and, and you just, you know, if you win, great. If you lose, oh, oh well. But I shouldn't feel like that as Arsenal. I'm not, I'm not saying we, we, we don't, we, no one owes us anything. And I'm not saying, oh, because we had Henri and everyone else that we should be winning the title and stuff like that. You can see that Conke ain't really, he's got short arms and deep pockets, right? But, um, you know, you can, you can just see, I get that. But don't play Willian, Pepe and Eddie Nketiah, Granite Xhaka and Mohamed El Sideways all at the same <laughs> pitch at the same time. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, Granite Xhaka is probably the only one there that could do anything of those players that I mentioned. Like, he's the only one that could could probably do something. And, you know, so, yeah, it's just, it's just poor. That's why I, I, I am still Arteta out. I am. I am. And I hope I'm proved wrong and, you know, we get in the top four next season or something. But I just think it's too early. He's making too many schoolboy school errors. And you don't make those errors. But, um, uh, um, Ancelotti don't come in and make those er errors. Benitez don't come in and make those errors. I'm sorry. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, have you have you seen much of um, Erdegaard in action? I mean, he's he's kind of. I would probably his his style of play is very much Andres Iniesta, um, and obviously Iniesta throughout his time could play sort of all across that. I don't know what is it number seven, number ten, seven, and eleven. Those those three positions, um, as well as a sort of a an eight, eight, I guess. I reckon he's an eight. Yeah. 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 Um, but he could play sort of at any, you know, Iniesta was was capable enough of playing anywhere. And and at Erdegaard, at least in his season, um, well, in his, his time at 
Hair and Venus, I think he was at, and then Sociedad last season. Um, yeah. There was a there was a graphic someone had put together like a a chart, and it listed like basically the top creative players across all five of the the, the top five leagues. Um, and I think Erdegaard was basically third behind. I think it was like Messi and um, probably Luka Modric. I think. Um, so you know, Erdegaard's pedigree is 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 incredible. Um, <clears throat> but coming to the Premier League, there's always that that as well, isn't there? It's like can you never know if a player can can cut it in the Premier League until they have those first few games. Um, but I'm I'm excited. I'll, I'll be watching. Um, Watching his debut, um, and I look like he's like 27. Like, yeah, he's only 20 years like old. Outrageous. He signed uh, when he was like 15 or 16. Yeah, um, yeah. I think um, he had to. His dad had to write into Football Manager to give give him consent to be in the game, which is crazy. Yeah, my um, my friend Jay, Norwegian Jay. I don't think you've met him, John. Maybe you might have met him once, but um, he. So Erdegaard is from. Or Erdegaard's dad managed Mjøndalen, which is a club in Norway, and, that, and and Jay played for that team. He played for their like youth team, um, and Erdegaard's dad was manager at the time. So young Martin Erdegaard used to be around the training facility all the time, and he says like, even when he was like twelve, eleven, twelve years old, he was like technically just as good as any of the the men at the club. Um, and then he ended up playing for Strum's Gutset. Which is the the ta- the club in the town where Jay lives and works as a journalist. <clears throat> so when the Madrid transfer happened, he got to go and cover it. He got to go to the Bernabeu and stuff and, and be kind of part of the the press pack and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's a huge like it's a huge move. I, I I I think you know he was meant to be the next big Norwegian star, and then this this uh, robot came along at, at uh, Leipzig. Um, but yeah, I think you know. Odegaard could could be uh, a little bit of um, light there at the Emirates. Certainly, you know everything that you were missing in Özil, you should get that from uh, from Odegaard for the for the yeah, rest yeah, of the I mean, season. A lot of people are saying it's it's almost <clears throat> like life in terms of you're getting the same thing. I mean, I've seen some people saying that Özil's probably better. I mean, Özil's probably more accomplished. Oh yeah, probably you know on a bit of a decline now. He's what thirty two, um, but yeah, like. It's, I mean, I used the, the, the term earlier when it was about the USD. Sometimes, I mean, especially Arsenal as well, you've got to get young Lions in. They're hungry. They're not here for a paycheck. Probably not on loads and loads. I think it's on, on something like 38, 38 grand or something mm. a week. You know, so it's not like Willian. He's, he's done. He's done. Willian's done. You know, it's just money. He's got the money. It's just, it's just job seeking for him. Like, yeah. He performs well or not. So I think for him, um, for like Odegaard, he's got a lot to prove. I'm sure he's got designs of playing in that Madrid team in a couple of years down the line and replacing the likes of uh, Luka Modric and no spring chicken. So he's going to come to Arsenal and and I hope that he's going to really, really put his best foot forward and make the fans say, yeah, that we're not putting an option to buy him. That's why I'm running back. And, and I'd be happy for that. Obviously, I'd want him to stay at Arsenal if he falls up trees. But, you know, if he comes into Arsenal and gets into the Europa League, then job well done. And, and then I'd say to Arteta, yeah, okay, that was a good thing. Credit where credit's due. That yeah. was Yes. Yeah, don't play no Williams in this together. <laughs> it's it's interesting with Edegard because he'll give you he'll give you um a bit of Urzil, but also press. It's full of energy. Mm-hmm. He'll like press from the front, which is exactly what you guys want. Um but you know, he's only a six month loan. Will he be able to cut it in the Premier League? Do you want to stifle someone else's um Who's he stifling? Huh? Who's he stifling? Smith Rowe. No, 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 no. Smith Rowe, or either one of them could play. They can play together. They could play play together. together. Easily play together. Who was stifling? Pepe. Yeah, stifle that kid, man. (laughs) Stifle Pepe. Stifle William. You're done. done. I think he's he's a very Arteta signing, like, because Sociedad were known for the way they played some really nice football last year. Um, and he, he fits in quite nicely with that. So maybe Arteta's like just slowly chipping away at or trying to get the right players in. Who knows, John? Maybe no. 
maybe that thing at the weekend was just a, a, a big power move and at the end of the season you'll sneak into fourth or something stupid but listen I'd, I'd love it and listen not all this I think um, Gabriel I know he was on goal and he had a bit of a mare the first 20 minutes I was like oh my day um, but he did have COVID and he was out for a while Gabriel was going to be a quality player you can see that um, I'd give David Luiz another um, another year contract I think it's good to have around the place um, I think that was a shrewd shrewd bit of business um, keeper is quality Leno's probably top for me top three for me sorry top three uh, keepers in the Premier League um, Matt, Matt Ryan came in this week is that Matt a good, Ryan's good move week, for yeah. sort of dressing room vibes no definitely and obviously we got rid of Thingy didn't we we got rid of um, Runnison no, no 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 we got rid of Socrates uh, oh, yeah yeah right. Martinez, um, Martinez. Um, so we needed we needed the backup goalkeeper yeah Emmy Martinez right okay yeah Runnison Good boy, that free kick that Morris scored, you know, yeah. that was a bit nuts. Um, Who you did know, you get rid of? You got rid of a defender as well, didn't you? Sent him back to Schalke. Um, the Socrates. Oh, uh, Kalasinac. Oh, man. Kalasinac, I like Kalasinac, yeah, yeah. What, what happened to Arsenal? I can't really blame Arteta for this because he hasn't been there long enough. I'd, I'd have to look at Wenger and, and what's his face? The other chap, what his name, Good Evening. But. <laughs> Do you yeah. seem to, there's some, Emery, yeah, Emery. Some good players have come to Arsenal. I don't think Lassenet <laughs> is a bad player. When he first came to Arsenal, he was scoring from the wide. He was playing like Tirantini. And I don't know what happened. Just, I don't know, man. He just, he, he just, he just, nosedive. I don't know what it is. Maybe Wenger was just, you know, he just had that way about them. So he was just maybe just letting them play. And, you know, they're going to have good games and bad mm. games, but they're going to have more good games and bad games because of their quality. So they're getting into the top four and stuff. But I think someone's come in, tried to push it. They're rejected, and then they've been shown the door, sort of thing. Yeah. Also, don't become a bad player overnight and just get yeah. dropped. Kalazinac was quality when he first came, and he's just gone downhill. I mean, you know, hell. surely there's a bit of a correlation between um, Kalazinac leaving in, in you know pretty much the same week that Özil goes out the door as well. Mm. <clears throat> Those two are best mates, aren't they? Pretty much, they were in the in the um, that robbery thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure there's probably some uh, brotherly love there being shown in, in solidarity. Uh, maybe not wanting to hang around the the place where your your friend's sort of been ousted. Or, or you know, I know there's Boothie was telling me about that. It's was it come out this week that they reckon Özil didn't take a pay cut, and that was the reason that they're saying that he was ousted from the the squad. Yeah, um, that was kind of known that he didn't he didn't want to take a pay cut. Yeah, charities and. He had his money commitment and he wanted to know why. And then yeah. I don't blame him for not taking the pay cut because Arsenal were doing some scandalous things and things that people did that they U turned on. And Arsenal were like, yeah, man, you can go and a dinosaur. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, was, it, was like, it was like four or five other squad players as well who didn't take yeah. it. But yeah. they never got mentioned. Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what, what's going on behind the scenes. I hope he writes a book one day and we can find out. I mean, he did leak, write an open letter or whatever it was. Yeah, band, which is all classy, all nice. And yeah. when you look at his highlights, I know highlights are highlights, and he did have some stinkers. He was a world-class player, and we were lucky to have him. I just think Wenger messed up and thought, oh, we've got Ozil, that's it. We're done. We're going yeah. to take us to the title. And what he should have done is got Bamiyang a couple of years earlier, you know, and, and sorted out the centre-back, because he, he had some crazy goons running around, like Squalachi and people like that. He didn't compliment um, Ozil. Yeah, yeah, Wenger always had a, a dodgy centre back um, in his back pocket, and he didn't build around um, and thing he had. I mean, I saw this. Someone made a clip, and, and sorry to ramble on. Someone made a clip, and I watched it, and it was like, you know, this is why Ozil failed. And they showed all these amazing proofs to Theo Walcott <laughs> and the Giroud, and their touches. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. It was so funny. Like, and Theo Walcott, his touch was just awful. Like, you know, you just think, have a good touch, slot it. And he's just taking it wide, winning a goal for corner or going up for a goal kick. You know, Giroud running across the front like he usually does, but he's just putting it wide, you know, sort of thing. And it's just like, yeah, that those he was a high, high, high level player, but he needed to have a high level yeah. player around him. Yeah, well, he come from having ben, Benzema and Ronaldo, exactly. Di yeah. Maria in front of him. He didn't give that. We had we had the B three poured out, and yeah, he just couldn't quite. He did his business. He got 142 or 146 assists. Or yeah. a chance created in a season, mm. the Premier League record. But yeah, man, they all fell to Theo Walcott and Danielson yep. 
I'm saying to Nottingham, we didn't play in the same team, but they can assist. But just they just felt that just lopsided players with banana feet and it just wasn't as good as work for us. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, we'll 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 wrap the show up. Um, I guess quick last one. Neil Redding are doing all right, aren't they? They're up in the the playoff spots at the moment. Yeah, I can't. I don't know where we are after yesterday. I sat through ninety minutes of nil nil against Preston yesterday, and that was. That oh, was, was it? Uh, I can check yeah, for you. Meant that I missed the. I think I've watched three games this week, and one of them, first one was nil nil Liverpool last week. And then I did watch a Red convincing 3-0 victory in the week and then another 0-0 yesterday. So, um, yeah, you're, pick- sit- you're sitting in fifth, 44 points. Um, yeah. We're looking good. We're looking good. Um, I think <coughs> I'm never usually as confident, but I think we'll make the playoffs. Good um, yeah. Why Red in, Neil? Did you, you from, from around, around, around this way? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, originally from quite close to Red in. Um, is it one of the Brent, is it one of the places that David Brent mentions? No, Didcot, no. Yately, Winnersh. No, it could. <laughs> it could easily, you could easily just slot it in there. It's called Tadley. Tadley, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely could be added on there. <laughs> but no, it's not. It's not Winnersh. Yeah, we'll have to do a bit more. Uh, we'll do a show where we cover a bit more uh, Championship uh, football because there's a you know that's a brilliant league as well, and and you know Frank Lampard's old club is is currently marching sort of. Swiftly up the table, managed by um, a, a very, uh, very well-known ex-England and Man United um, striker. So, um, yeah, we'll have a bit more of a talk on a different show uh, about the championship. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there for this week, lads. Um, that was a good show. I enjoyed that. Lots of football talk in there. Um, some big topics, obviously, this week, and hopefully there'll be plenty uh, more things to talk about um, next Monday. So we'll be back live um, at eight p.m. Uh, next Monday and until then uh, have a good week see you boys yeah